Hey, what's going on? It's March 11, 2021. How are ya? Um, to start this podcast today, I want to start with this article that I saw um, in, on CNN Business, which says Elon Musk made $25 billion Tuesday. And pretty much the article is just saying like Elon Musk lost tens of billions of dollars last week. He made nearly all of that all of that back in a single day, Tuesday, following a 20% rally in Tesla stock. Yes, I'm talking about Tesla again, but I mean, 20% rally is pretty insane. Uh, but that's not a really the point about Tesla. It's about those articles that you see. Whenever you see those articles about Musk or Jeff Bezos um, saying like richest man in the world, um, things that you're seeing like oh you know he lost about 30 billions or he added 25 billion that's pretty much what the article says it's like oh he added 25 billion he lost and it's really funny that when those news outlets made those articles those titles because pretty much they don't they don't lose that money and they don't make that money it's just it's the value it's pretty much that. It's only the value of the stock that investors pretty much has confidence in or not. So it fluctuates the value of the stock. And since they own a majority of the, 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 the stakes in whatever, let's say, for example, Elon Musk and Tesla. So he owns the majority or, or a big chunk of, the, um, of Tesla's uh, shares so is net worth uh, fluctuate but it's not like you know he gain like there's 25 billion dollars that enter his bank account or there's 25 billion dollars that you know left is you know they lost from his bank account and i find it just funny every time i see those articles and people share that and you can see it on facebook in the comments and whatnot and you see people getting mad or they really don't get the sense and it's it's such clickbaity uh to see those news outlets making those articles still making those articles and i think they will just keep doing it they're making it over and over again about he made that amount of money he lost that amount of money it's not that it's just it's literally just saying what what he owns um it's literally just saying what stocks that he owns how it fluctuates so it's all its net worth fluctuate anyway just really funny thing that i saw and i wanted to share to you with guys and making a quick segue also about tesla actually another another article that i saw uh about tesla which is tesla and i'm sharing this because again i'm making arguments about tesla that it, it, it is just it's a it has an insane advantages, and that's another thing that um, they have a big advantages over other competitors. It's the battery cost, and you can see that uh, Tesla leads battery cell cost by wide margin, according to new report. So, in this article from Electric, uh, it says Tesla pays an average of 142 per kilowatts hour for battery cell purchased from its three suppliers, Panasonic, LG, and CATL. By comparison, GM pays an average of 
169 per kilo water. So 142 versus 169. And the average of the industry is 186. So pretty much it's $142 and the average is 186. And then for the battery pack, it's uh, 187 uh, dollars per kilowatt uh, kilowatt hours, and the average of the industry is around 250. So it's a pretty big difference. And another thing that right now is Tesla, they have um, diff different um, different battery cells. Uh, so they develop battery packs using uh, cylindrical battery cells. And the rest of the industry has been using a pouch in prismatic cells. And they right now buy um, their cells from Panasonic, LG, and CATL. But they are starting to uh, really, they're going to start to build their own battery. And the article, that's what it stated, is that, <coughs> sorry, is that uh, Tesla has also announced plans to build its own new battery cells at its own factories. Tesla is definitely putting the hammer down on the accelerator or pedal, sorry. They see this as the crucial period in their building out their capacity. Uh, they're doing it in Shanghai and Berlin and now in Austin in their uh, Giga factory. So pretty much based on the trend, Tesla will maintain a battery cost lead through the next 10 years. Uh, but see other uh, other automakers closing the DAP like uh, GM. But just the sheer fact that right now what you're seeing is that they pay less for battery sales. Uh, Their battery pack costs in consequence less. Battery are the number one main factors for electric vehicles. And while others are buying battery pack, battery cells to make the battery pack from suppliers, they're going to start to make uh, their own. So they're just far ahead. Now, I don't have any competence to say they're going to have, uh, they're going to lead through the next 10 years. But definitely it's a big advantages, big advantages. And they are way ahead. So that's why when I see people first, the the electric vehicle industry in general the people are not bullish about it or they think there's a bubble or something it just it's a big switch that's going to happen in the next 20 years and tesla's just going to be at the forefront of it for sure and like i said it's not only the vehicles i've talked about it before it's about all the other verticals that they're targeting but if we stick just to the vehicle side the battery pack is one of the main one of the main factor in buying a car, electric car, because it's going to cost a lot to replace those. So if they can lower that cost, it's one of also one of the main component, one of the main cost of the car. So they can lower that cost. It's going to make a significant competitive advantage over their competitors. So just wanted to show you, um, show you guys that with you guys. And another thing that I want to share. Is actually a stock. Uh, it's Unity Software. So, you know, with the recent market uh, cool off, we've seen great opportunities. And with Unity Software, it's a stock that um, uh, uh, Arc Investment have been buying a lot. And 
especially during the dip, they bought a lot of their stocks, but Unity was one of them. And, you know, at first, Unity, I was kind of, uh, I was, uh, let's put out the chart for Unity software for a second. Um, yeah. So right now it's sitting at around 99.89, it's $100. And it IPO, if I not mistaken, yeah, it's September 18, 2020, 2020, it IPO'd, it was at 68, um, it rose to like a support level, like cl close after that time, it was a support level of 95 and 99, so right now it's pretty much sitting at a support level um, that was back when they first IPO. And their highs were in like December, just before Christmas, was around 172. And at that price, you know, like at that price, the market cap, right now the market cap is $27,400,000. So market cap was still very low for this company. Um, but really what the main thing that was worried about or like kind of bugged me was the price to sales that if I remember correctly was around like 80, like 80 price to sales. So it was kind of pricey, but now it's sitting at 45, 45 price sell for young company like this. And with, um, with a such small market cap and also with great growth, I mean, if we pull up, um, in December 2020, <coughs> sorry, in, tw in December 2020, their revenue, it growth like 68% uh, revenue growth from uh, December 2019. So it was a very, it, it's a very good company, I think, in terms of growth of their revenues. And I think they have a lot of verticals. I mean, Unity Software, they're building an like engine for, for, for games, of course, but also in other companies, in other sphere, like in engineering also, they are starting to have these verticals that they're going to diversify from just the video game industry. But in itself, like Arc has been very, very bullish on it, and I've been looking at it, and I think it's a, also a company that seems promising. And at those price, they are they're pretty, pretty good because it's just 45 price to sell ratio. It's pretty a small, it's a pretty small ratio for a company that size. And it's just going to go up uh, eventually because at the market cap of 23 billion, it's going to stay there for, for long. So just want to share with you guys, if you want to take a look at this company, I think it's, uh, I think it's a great opportunity maybe to buy it. And uh, a lot of analysts also have, you know, have looked at it and, you know, let's, you don't just look at analysts and, and buy everything that they just say, but a lot of analysts have been bullish on this stock and ARK have been bullish on this stock and just Unity Software itself as a brand authority, ver a very good brand authority. So anyway, check that out. Uh, I think it's pretty interesting. Now, I want to switch very fast <coughs> to... Um, I want to go over uh, an article of Fast Company, which is the top 10. Yeah, they made this series of like the 10 most innovative enterprise companies of. That's weird. The 10 most innovative enterprise companies, well, of 2021. 
and they also made like for robotic with that use AI retailers. But this is like the ten, the ten most innovative enterprise companies of 2021. So I just want to go over with you and see uh, you know, what are their choices. And uh, I've, I've glanced over it. I'm going to just go over. I don't know all of those companies, but it's just go and see what's their take on it and uh, maybe give you some, some perspective. So we have Twilio. Twilio. I always struggle to say their name. For facilitating face-to-face -face communication during an era of social distancing and global lockdown. So, yeah. During the pandemic, usage of Twilio, omnichannel, voice, text, chat, video, email, communications, application, double. After receiving expedited HIPAA certification in March, the company became the go-to choice for much of the healthcare industry and began offering its video platform for free to organizations dealing with COVID-19 restriction. The video business unit has seen a 540% year-over-year increase in weekly minutes well yeah twilio is another stock that arc is very very bullish if we pull up the charts for for twilio twilio stock let's go here yeah market cap of 60 billion if we look at it uh started already all the way back in 2016 and yeah, I mean, when the pandemic hit, it's just before the pandemic was around one hundred and twenty-seven dollars was pretty much as high as one hundred and forty or something like that. And now, like before the market cool off, we hit four hundred and twenty-five. So the growth is pretty, pretty insane. Now let's go see some of the ratios just to give us an idea. Um, Twilio, there we go. Price to sell at 34, so it's pretty good, pretty good, 34. On the quarterly revenue, yeah, we had, Jesus Christ, like, look at this. <clears throat> revenue didn't, it just didn't stop. Like, like um, September 2019, 295, um, 295 millions in the quarterly revenue. December 2019, 231. March 2020, 365, June 401, 448 for September and December 548. The growth is just like 62, 56, 45, 51, 65%. Just insane growth. Like on annual, yeah, 2020 was 55%. The growth is just insane. The growth is really, really grow good for Twilio. And... Yeah, I think it's just it's a it's a company that Arc has been bullish on it, and uh, I haven't really looked at it that much in the sense of uh, where are the what the clients are, but uh, definitely the numbers speaks for themselves, and it's something that I think we'll uh, see more. Um, we'll learn more from Twilio in the coming years because I mean just Arc in itself being so bullish on it. I think they just bought it also during the 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 dip. Uh, from last week so yeah number one that's pretty interesting we'll see but uh yeah 12 is definitely something that you check it out it's a pretty innovative company cloudflare for providing free security during a very insecure year like yeah cloudflare uh 
you know, it's uh, it's um, a cybersecurity company. Uh, they they host data, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the company offer Cloudflare for teams to small businesses for free. They offer a free suit of its product to government agency. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, Q Q2 revenue exceed 100 million, up 48% year over year. Yeah, just insane growth. And uh, Cloudflare, I don't know, it is an innovative company, but something that I've really been looking at as an investment as cybersecurity. We have a, a bunch of it in cybersecurity, but Cloudflare is another stocks that has been very, very, uh, that, um, Arc investment has been very bullish on. And definitely it's something that we'll keep an eye on. Elastic is another thing that really make actually it's for search. So let's say you search on, you know, for example, like Walmart, you, you search on their website or like, oh, Shopify, for example, they do it. Uh, it's just they make it uh, a very, they make search with AI very, very uh, efficient and fast. So Elastic is another company that have been look at it. And uh, I think it's also for search data and search something that's gonna be very, very interesting in the coming years. And there's a couple of players that have been emerging because let's face it, like before that it was pretty much Google that owned the search market. And now there's a couple of companies, Elastic was one that I was uh, looking at it since uh, I think it, like back in March, uh, it popped in my radar. It's definitely one of the companies I'm going to be looking at more in details in the com coming years. Uh, Honeywell. Honeywell is kind of weird because it's that company that uh, it's kind of an old, you know, it's an old company that uh, like, you know, for example, like G is another company that's kind of, uh, um, you know, a pioneer um, back in the days. And now it's been... Uh, kind of pivoting for the for advancing the state of quantum computing. So quantum computing is something that could be very interesting. There's a couple of, of IPOs and SPAC on compu quantum computing. It's still something that's not been a craze, right? Like we're more in EV now and uh, like renewable energy, but quantum computing is definitely something that we're gonna be on lookout because I mean, I'm definitely, definitely no expert on this, but I've seen a couple of people just speaking about quantum computing, how it's gonna really change uh, how we, how um, pretty much how we gather information, how we treat information just because of the sheer speed and power of those computers. So it's gonna be pretty interesting to see more on the, consumer market because right now it's more very much more for data and for industrial than for science base it's not very for um uh providing like value directly to the customer right now but yeah honeywell it's definitely something to check out um and get, get more info on that microsoft number fifth for democratizing at scale the ability of non-coders to build apps I mean, Microsoft, pff, it's something that, um, like, they, they, they have some, they've been pivoting a lot lately. And, but one thing I want, just want to say about Microsoft is that the operating, s operating system 
is very like I haven't been using uh, Windows for a long time. And I've gone into a Windows and I actually saw like uh, like uh, Chromebook was getting ahead of Apple's and you know Microsoft was still like the number one and I was looking at like Microsoft and I just I I like I don't feel like they really try to improve the product. So pretty much what they, they're saying here is like six years after its la initial launch, Microsoft Power Platform has continued to evolve and expand power to employees to build web and mobile without having to write any code. So it's like they're kind of making innovative on the no code uh, kind of sense of the Microsoft. I don't really know about those products. I mean, Power BI, I know, but like Power Platform, Power BI, Power App, Power Automate. So maybe they are innovative on that front, but Jesus Christ, they're not innovative on a sense of, of computer, on the consumer sense. They're very not innovative, very not. And I know they just released like the Teams, the Mesh, but I mean, like we've been dupe, let's call it that way, from Microsoft. Um, it's not the first time. I mean, all the way back, I remember when I was young, it was like the Kinect that it was like, it was supposed to be this literally like, like they would show us, we were so dumb back in the day, like they would show us the video of the Kinect now, what it was supposed to do. And we'll look at it, it was like, bullshit, that's not going to work now. And that was back like in what, 2012, something like that. Like when the Kinect was first released, but just check that out just for amusement purposes. Kinect, 2010. Yeah, 2010, and they ended in 2017. Oh yeah, and they would just, yeah, on the on the really consumer side, innovative company, not at all. But maybe more on the on the on the no code. That's something that we should check out more. Uh, Rubicon, Rubicon for improving s number six for improving small business waste management through data analytics. Let's check it out. Okay, so pretty much it's like. It's for okay for so for is recycling okay so it's like a a recycling uh, waste management. I really didn't know actually about I don't know about the name but it's really a company I should like check it check out more. Recon works with a network of more than seven thousand vendor and hauler partners. Ninety percent of them small independent businesses. Recon Pro is a platform that includes an iPhone app providing commercial orders with hand-free route management and a dashboard to track vehicle status. Okay, so waste management, pretty innovative waste ma management. Well, interesting. Interesting. Narrative for harnessing authentic content to, get, to guide customers. Uh, Lee Haslett Chan was working at an e-commerce startup when she realized the authentic reviews showcasing both pros and cons consistently outperform ads in driven sales. Yeah, of course. Of course. Honestly, honesty really does pay, she says. She found an, she found a narrative in 2015 to enable brands and retailers to automatically identify a link and link to independently produce online reviews of their product, paying reviewers who opt in a percentage of any sales driven by their link. Oh, that's interesting. Last year, narrative won a pattern of its dynamic links technology and triple its revenue while adding new clients, including Samsung, Best Buy, and Sephora. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, so it enables brands and retailers to automatically identify and link to independently produce online reviews of their product. Well, you know, paying reviewers up in the percentage of any sales driven by the link. That's really something that's going to get more and more is just like it, there's no better ad than just like making someone else that uh, they do a review of your of your product and just, um, you know, I think it's the best ad you can have. It's like customer reviews. It's just you can have like an ad to showcase a product, but in itself for people really to buy it. That's really how people buy is by word of mouth. And now the word of mouth is influencers saying like, hey, buy this. And that's what pretty much drives sales. So we have a lot of initiatives that try to connect like people with influencer, with reviewers for uh, making advertising for their product. I didn't know about narrative. That's pretty interesting. I'm going to check that out. Ansys, Ansys, I guess, number eight for allowing engineers to play around with their ideas. Ansys creates simulation software that enables engineers to test design in real time before ever building a physical prototype, reducing development costs and time to market while improving quality. Well, that's pretty good. I think I've heard of that. Yeah, I know the logo. But I even see... Oh, I've saw that. I'm, right now, I'm, I'm looking at... Uh, facing... I'm looking at, like, COVID, how the mask, like... Um, helped contain the, the spread of the virus. I've seen those uh, animation, I will say. Well, that's pretty cool. Ansys, let's keep that in mind. Syrian Labs, for helping companies meet their contractual obligations. The contract management software company that's helped save its customer over $2.2 in value leakage. So what is it? So name a leader in CLM. So AI enable enterprise contract management. Well, maybe innovative, but pretty boring for me. <laughs> Fair market number 10 for better enabling companies to find diverse and sustainable suppliers. Oh, so it is fine. Oh, so it's like uh, you get quotes from uh, suppliers and they will try to uh, make it more, they will try to make it like to find you more sustainable, like better suppliers, I guess. Yeah, interesting. Fair market. We'll look at it. We'll look at it. Um. Anyway, moving on to another thing that I saw, it is Disney... Plus passes 100 million paid subscribers. And that's actually three articles that I saw, which is Disney passes 100 million paid subscribers and Netflix Germans. So Red Hastings that says Disney are, is our biggest rival. And um, pretty much what we saw is that in 20, like, it, like Disney Plus, it was lunch. And it like Hulu, for example, like HBO Max, uh, is like uh, were you know in the same you know ballpark as Disney and Disney just like f the growth of Disney just went up massively. I mean now it's sitting at around well like I said like a hundred a uh, hundred million plus subscribers. Netflix has two hundred million, so and Amazon Prime has one hundred fifty. 
So it's pretty insane. I mean, Netflix is just like it has double, but it's been starting since so long. And Disney Plus has been around since a couple of like months, and even like oh, I wonder Disney Plus was launched if it officially. Uh, Disney Plus launch. 2019. Jeez, like a year, a little bit over a year. Wow. And it's now half, half of its subscribers of uh, Netflix. Just crazy. Yeah, after 16 months. Wow. Pretty impressive for for um for Disney. And also Disney, it's another thing that uh, we saw during the pandemic. I mean, when the pandemic hit, I mean, Disney, the, the money they're really making is not from Disney Plus. It's from... Uh, it's from their parks, the amusement parks, and when it's shut down, they make a real fast switch to really put all in on Disney Plus. I mean, they bought a lot of uh, you know content, and they really tripled down, and they really started to release a lot of content, uh, like even original content. I mean, you had also uh, like original series, which is like the Mandalorian. Shout out to Bill Burr that will play in that. Uh, like they've been like hustling hard, <laughs> which is pretty pretty impressive. And I like in this article also that says like Netflix chairman Disney is our biggest rival, and he says something that's really interesting is like every few months Netflix chief executive officer Reed Hastings likes to identify a new competitor to its to his streaming service. Three years ago it was Sleep. <laughs> Eight months ago it was Fortnite. Now it's TikTok, and I love it. I love that uh, they made this analogy of, like, this might it feels weird to go outside the box for competitors, but you really understand that it's really attention. So you would think, like, Netflix. Oh, Netflix, who is the competitor in Netflix? I own movies, right? It's like, no, no, it's not about movies. It's about attention. You are on Netflix. Usually you're not on something else, but that's bullshit because even when people are on Netflix, they are Instagram or Facebook or whatever. But, you know, nonetheless, that's what all those platforms do. If you're on Netflix, you're not supposed to be playing Fortnite. If you're on Fortnite, you're not on TikTok. If you're on TikTok, you're not on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, you're not on YouTube. And they all compete for your attention. And they all compete for your screen time. So they're all competitors. Maybe you would not think like Fortnite, for example, is a competitor to YouTube. But definitely, if you spend hours just like watching YouTube videos, you will not spend those hours playing Fortnite. And for the case of Netflix, I like that he sees those computers of just people that caught the attention of his potential client. Uh, so yeah, that's what it says in the articles. Asking is a very broad definition of competition. In that time spent napping, playing video games, and walking your dog is spent is time not spent watching Netflix. Yeah, I mean that's really more generalized to what I just said. That I think it's just like it's it's just attention, right? It's where you put your attention. Um, so I mean that's what they're fighting for. That's what they all fighting for. Um, so um, Disney, he said, uh, Red Hastings. Uh, if you ask us a year ago, what are the odds that they are going to get to 60 million subscribers in the first year? I would be like zero. I mean, how can that happen? It's been super impressive execution. Yeah, pretty impressive. 
very very impressive for from Netflix uh from uh, Disney but yeah so right now Disney is sitting at 100 million Amazon Prime is at 150 million so they're catching up and I think it's going to be really those three main platform I mean we kind of see it also in pretty mean in pretty much in every sphere and every sector it's always like one two three four big competitors it's pretty rare it's usually like three and you'll see it like netflix amazon prime disney they're just going to be the um they're going to be the, the number one provider of content of original content i think also because like the number fourth is ulu and I don't think it's gonna have like Ulu original content. I don't think they have the mean. So Disney, Disney Plus, I think they have the mean to make create original content. Amazon Prime to Netflix, and that's gonna really change also how, especially the pandemic with like the cinemas. A lot of people are just moving straight to uh, like to to Netflix, straight to uh, you know download or like streaming. They're not betting on the cinemas. And people also don't want to go to the cinemas. I mean, not right now and not with the current offer. Even before the pandemic, people were like, we're kind of tired of the cinema. I personally love I personally love it. But, hey, like, what, what, what can I do? Uh, the general trend is that people are just leaving the cinema to go to uh, watching all of this from their home. I mean, you can see it in the Golden Globes and the Oscars that like, the big names, even before the pandemic, it was starting. Like Netflix was just ramping up with the awards and it's just i think it's just you keep growing and i think it's just that's really where you also you get a lot of the best content is also in series and they make really good original content and amazon i think they're gonna really start to ramp up i think they're gonna really start to ramp up and i mean it's my next thing that i want to share with you is that uh, amazon uh you know they release uh a couple of things that were interesting, but I saw uh, this thing was like Amazon Ring launches a flying security camera. It's kind of old news, but it popped up in my feed. Uh, Amazon Ring launches a flying security camera, which is they're starting to come up Amazon with a lot of product and plus with the Amazon Prime, like the, the original content. It's a big threat because Amazon, they were very competing on two points, which was price and speed. And in business, is pretty much what you compete is always, uh, it's price, speed, and value. So pretty much like you can choose, pick one, but it's like, for example, Amazon, it's like, nobody loves Amazon. It's convenient, it's cheap, and it's fast. So it's convenient. It's like it's like a, a corner store. It's like a convenience store, right? Like the prices are, um, you know, are, are are higher than a grocery store, but it's twenty four hours, so you know it's convenient. People like it, but it has no really value. Uh, Amazon, for example, doesn't have really any value. People don't love Amazon. People don't wait for Amazon for their product. I mean, yeah, they made the Kindle. But, like, it's not like they had a huge fan base for that. And, like, it's not people are walking around, like, they're treat it, treating it like it's a, it's an Apple device. Or, you know, they're, they were releasing content like it was Netflix. But now they're starting to, be, to release 
some hardware is going to be very, very interesting. And also with Amazon Prime, the streaming services, they're going to release some original content. So Amazon, I think they really start to ramp up into the content categories and they will start to provide value to their customer. And I think that could be a very big threat for small businesses because right now, that's why I tell to small businesses is that Amazon doesn't give value. Don't try to compete on price and speed. You're going to get smushed. Like just in shipping, I think Amazon in 2018, they spend it on shipping more. Like if they spend the equivalent on shipping that if they were a country, if the shipping of Amazon was a country, it will be the 100th economy. Like just before Lithuania, I think. Don't, don't quote me on this, but definitely it's around the range of like the 100th economy or something like that. It's insane. Don't try to compete on Amazon for price. If you're small businesses, don't try to compete. If you're just selling products that is available on Amazon and you're selling for the same price, you better have some great fucking service. You better give some really great value to your customer when they come in and to buy from you because if you're just selling the product, they're going to go to Amazon. Just don't don't play that buy local card. Just give more value to customer. And I always say this, like take... This is your chance because a, um, you, you know, you can use those tools like Facebook, Instagram, and all that to reach customer. Which I don't think in a couple of years, you know, and when I mean a couple of years, I mean like five years from now, you, it will be as easy to get noticed on those platforms. And b, Amazon is not going to stay in that price and fast lane. It's been very great. They it was like you know. That's what Bezos' philosophy was. It's like people always going to ha want to have lower price and, you know, faster shipping. But now they pretty much nail down. I mean, in New York, it's like the same hour delivery that we have. In some part of the world, it's also the same thing. But the speed, they pretty much nailed it. And I think they will, they, they won. Like they pretty much won. So they nailed it, they got it down, and now they know that it's like, okay, now people, you know, the brand is not really great. It's like, so brand needs to be better. They need to be more cool. Like, put it simply in simple terms. I think that's really what their challenge is. And I think they, they, they catch that. And I think with the streaming service, it's something that really we're going to start to see popping up is that... Um, when they're going to start to make really much more original content, we're going to start to have more of a fan base, you could say, of Amazon. People actually waiting to see what Amazon will pop up and with the hardware is going to be the, the same thing. Uh, finally, speaking of also retailers, Walmart to host a new live stream shopping event on TikTok following a successful pilot. Now, I mean, like in December, Walmart partnered with TikTok on the first pilot test of a new live stream shopping experience in the U.S. on the video platform. So, yeah, I mean, it, uh, TikTok and a lot of those like Instagram uh, and Facebook, they've really tried to tap into the small businesses. I mean, they've pretty much nailed the ad revenue model. They got it nailed down, to especially like Facebook, for example. You know, they make money pretty... They make good money of of, uh, of ad revenue. And now that those ad revenue are starting to get uh, into trouble areas because, well, I'm not going to get down this rabbit hole, but, like, we have, like, Apple 
you're gonna have they will notify you if you want to share those information with those apps so you know for targeting ads it's gonna be much more complicated in the future and so they start to see the ad revenue might be a problem they start they need to diversify and one thing that they really need to tap in is well businesses it's it's commerce they see that you browse uh, businesses on Facebook and then you go to their website to buy products. So you go on Shopify, for example. They want to get a, uh, a, a part of that piece. So, I mean, you see on Facebook and Instagram, they start to deploy Facebook, Instagram checkout. So pretty much you will be able to buy product directly on the, the platform. And it's it, again, it's about attention it's to keep people into their platform. So if people buy... Where do people buy shit? They buy shit from Facebook and Instagram. That's where they browse for stuff. That's where they find new product. They find all those platforms. The people tag them. So might as well just reduce friction and make uh, available people to buy directly on the platform. And by doing that, they will get transaction fee. That will be a transaction fee for every transaction that they have. It's going to be a pretty lucrative business down the line. And one thing that you can enhance the experience of shopping is through live shopping. I mean, you see on Instagram, you see on TikTok. Now, TikTok, get back to that. I mean, if we remember, like, TikTok was supposed to get acquired, like, the the, the, the American, um, you know, division of TikTok was to get is supposed to get acquired uh, due to, like, you know, concern about privacy. So it was, like, Oracle and Walmart that was supposed to get a stake in that so back in december they partner for a pilot test like how much as that was just kind of like a stunt let's just say to like you know because they were supposed to get uh to buy the the tiktok app like a stake in the tiktok app with oracle so like is it really walmart that they're trying to get innovative i'm not thinking really so i mean they're, they're trying but uh, I think it's more like a, a, you know, it's more of a, just like a show, to show that uh, support to the application. Because, for example, they've seen an article that test seen, uh, that test seemingly performed well. As today, Walmart announced it will return, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, the retailer didn't, cl didn't disclose to what extent its first TikTok live shopping event drove sales, but noted that netted set seven times more views than it as it had anticipated and was able to grow its TikTok follower base by 25%. But yeah, I mean, like, no shit. But, like, is it really, like, something that... Uh, it, it, I'm curious to see what was the turnover. But definitely, definitely live shopping is uh, is something that is really, really starting to, to, to ramp up. And you see a lot of people uh, start to use you know, making, like, live shopping session. I mean, in China, it's just a big, 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 big China market. There's so many, literally, there's, like, live shopping farms, just people stacked next to each other's, just doing live shoppings, or, like, people, like, one, peop one person doing live shopping, and there's, like, literally, like, 50 phones in front, in front of that person showcasing a product. So, I mean, it's been growing, 
really crazy in in the Asian market. It's coming here and just makes sense. Pretty much what people do. I mean, like influencer, that's what they do. They start live. They present a product and people want to buy it. The only difference is that they go on the website. You want to reduce friction. You want to keep people on the platform so they will maybe make it available that you can directly buy on the platform. That would be a big step. And I think that's going to be also something that Shopify will need to be on the lookout because Shopify, um, they're making website. And website is something that will not be relevant in, I think, five years. 10 years definitely down the line in 10 years nobody's gonna go to the website i mean you don't go on website you go on facebook then you click on on you know an article a page or whatever and you get to the website you don't type a website in 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 your browser if you google something you might google a website like what like wikipedia but not even like where you were you're googling stuff and wikipedia comes up we're not using website because we're not using really computers we're using apps so apps is really the thing. And a single business website is not an app. So it would just be more advantages. I mean, website uh, businesses will, you know, will drop their website and will just focus on Facebook because anyway, that's what they do anyway. They just promote on Facebook and Instagram and they will be able now to just consolidate in one place and have you know better returns because it will be less friction because one of the main thing that i you, sometimes i see good product and i go on the page and i have to enter my infos and all that i'm like oh fuck it and i just i move on and yeah maybe i'm lazy but if i'm doing that i'm not the only one a lot of people are just dropping the ball when they have to move to another website but it will be very 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 incentive to like just add to cart in Instagram and like buy it now and all the infos are already there and you don't have to deal with creating an account and entering your payments info. It's all in there. It's all taken care of. It's just then the shipping that's going to be, you know, singular. That's always going to be the problem is the shipping. But there's the fact of transaction wise, it's going to have less friction. It's going to be a big thing. So live shopping on TikTok, they're, they're, they're starting to ramp that up with Walmart's going to be a big player. I think also they're going to have a lot more big players coming uh, into that that uh, realm. Uh, we're going to see it on TikTok. I, I did chose TikTok, like I said, because it's, I mean, they, they tried to buy it. Uh, and I think probably they still have some, some talk in, into selling it. Maybe that's why they're doing another one or they're just doing another one for the fun of it. Uh, but l is Instagram is also ramping up into that, that category. Live shopping is definitely something that people should be on the lookout for. All right, that's it for the podcast for today. Thank you for listening, and I'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye.